You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Awesome. Well, welcome once again. So excited to have you guys here. I know many are still talking and getting to know each other, and that's okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I believe God's got a good word for us today. Amen. Did anybody come to hear from God? I know I did. I need to hear from God. And so it's just, guys, once again, it's always a privilege to to just come and just, you know, be a part of what God is doing. Uh, Here at Bridges Nashville, we're just excited to see uh, God doing great, amazing things in the midst of us. And we just got our expectation to even see God use us to even do more here in Nashville and also around the world as well. We've been in this series called Religion or Relationship. Ooh, man, you guys have been listening. Religion or Relationship. And we truly believe that Jesus Christ came and uh, he didn't die for us to experience religion or man-made traditions, but he came for us to experience a relationship with him and the Father. Amen? And relationship is so important, and it's for each and every one of us. And we all have that opportunity to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? You don't have to wait for a preacher, you know? Now, I love speaking and preaching, but guess what? You don't have to wait for me to have a relationship with Jesus. This is something we can do as individuals. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he made a way for us to step right into the presence of God. That's why I love when we gather together corporately, amen, with this worship team. And how many of you felt God's presence? I don't know. I felt... And and guess what? That's not just for on a Sunday morning, but every single day we have that opportunity to wake up and talk to God, fellowship with Jesus. It may look different than right now on stage or in a a building. It it, It may be when you wake up and you get out of bed, what's the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning? You go where? Bathroom. Some people are real honest with me today. You know, you know, the older you get, you know where you go. Uh, telling the truth? Yeah. The older you get, you know that's the first place you're going. You're not going to get sidetracked. You're not going to pick up your phone and start scrolling through. No, you wake up, you headed to the bathroom. But it may be in those moments where you just have some quiet time. And, you know, I think I said this last week, when you're building that relationship with Jesus, it, it doesn't mean you got to pray 24 hours a day. I mean, no, that's, that's not going to happen. But you can set aside some time to talk to Jesus every single day and figure out what that time is. You know, we used to sing this little song back in the old church, and I'm from Kojic Church way back, and we used to sing, had a little talk with Jesus. Y'all remember that one? Yeah. Told him about my troubles, amen? <laughs> He's the person you need to talk to when you're going through something. So, so uh, this message today, guys, y'all going to have to stretch your hands, pray for me as I deliver this message. It's just something God's had on my heart, and I'm going to try to tie it into uh, our series, Religion or Relationship, uh, but it's just, have you ever had God uh, bring something up to you several times? And probably after that third time, you paid attention to it, and it was something that, you know, you heard it, and it was just heavy on your heart, and you're like, no, I got to, you know, I got to at least explore this for myself, Amen. And then communicate it to others. And in the world we live in today, I think it's, 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 it's not a, 
a, a far-fetched statement for me to say Christianity is under attack. When, when you look at social media, and it's so easy, and this is where I, I, I really want us to have an open mind, open heart, uh, because if we are Christians, amen, and we follow God, there's going to be so many things that try to get us off track. And this is where we can't tune in to what the world is saying or what the media is saying. We've got to tune into what Jesus is saying, amen, if we're going to walk out our Christian values and follow Christ. So I want to start this off with a question. I don't know if they got that on the screen, but the, the big question of today is, are we Christians? Are we Christians? And, and the reason I come up with that, several years ago, my daughter's here today. She may not even remember that. <laughs> She's looking at me like, oh, dad's going to talk about me now. And so several years ago, uh, my daughter and I, we were having a conversation, and she was telling me about a conversation she was having with one of her friends, and the subject was on music. And uh, my daughter loves music. Uh, she's just a, a little dancing machine, but she loves music, and we all do. And my son loves it, my wife loves it, and we all love different kind of genres of music. Now, if you would ask my wife what music does she love, she would say, country music. <laughs> Any country music fans in the house? You got, some of you are ashamed to admit it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> now, I like country, but I like country when it was, it was country music. Back, yes, there you go. You know what I'm talking about. You know, real country music. Not today. They kind of gotten way off track. So I like that country music. But I also like uh, uh, Motown music and, and R&B and also just different genres. And so my, my little daughter, she was, years ago, she was talking to a friend of hers, and her friend, it was an innocent conversation, and her friend said, well, we're Christians, and we only listen to Christian music. And so my daughter came home, and, you know, her mind starts, well, we listen to this, we listen to that, and she asked me an innocent question. What was the question? Dad, are we Christians? And that conversation, and, and I lead with that because that little conversation got her to thinking. She heard one person say, well, we're Christians, and we only listen to Christian music. And in her mind, she's, now she's thinking, okay, but I know we listen to this, we listen to that. So she asked me that innocent question, are we Christians? And I remember, how many know when you can explain it to a five- or six-year-old, you pretty much understand it yourself. If you could communicate to them and they understand it, you could break it down. And so I went on this journey. I didn't take it for granted. I didn't say like, yeah, girl, we've been in church forever. And you go, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look at her like that. I didn't say, Carrie, your dad's a preacher. Of course we're Christians. You know, I didn't do all that stuff. And, uh, but I wanted to answer her question because I saw the puzzled look on her face because of a previous conversation. It was an innocent conversation. Nobody was judging. These are kids. I mean, no kids don't judge one another. They're not posting on social media. They're just having an innocent conversation. But I wanted to make sure I cleared up any potential confusion when my daughter asked that question. Now, my kids love God, love Jesus, but this was a question that came out of a conversation. And the more I thought about that, and then let me fast forward to today, okay? And I want to be real because I think we all deal with this. We all have heard this. So when I think about today, it's like that word Christian 
If we're not careful, it's, it's kind of being thrown out there. And how many know social media is the worst place you can do your argument? It is. And this is where I want to plead. I plead with myself because I make sure that I don't get caught up in that. Because you will hear these general statements when a certain subject comes up and there's division. You'll hear general statements say, oh, man, I can't believe all these Christians are posting that. How many of you ever heard that on social media? Like, okay, did somebody take a poll and, and, and come and, and tally how many Christians? Can you look at somebody's social media and, and figure out whether they're a Christian or not? But when I hear these general statements, well, I can't believe Christians are judging that. And, or, and, and, it's, and if we're not careful... We're going we're gonna to sit there and, and have this confused look and like, okay, where well, Christians are like that, I don't want to be like that. Because I've had three conversations within a month. First conversation went, these are Christian people that love God. Well, I don't even know if I want to be called a Christian because, because Christians are just, they're being mean and they're, they're judgmental. And it's like, okay, what are you going to be called? Well, they say, oh, I'm going to be a Christ follower, okay? I'll take that because what's a Christian? A Christ follower. But people are trying to disassociate because of this negative connotation. But I believe, listen, don't let the world misconstrue who we are. Don't let the world tell us, don't let social media have you ashamed. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So don't... Don't, you know, I, I got so disheartened when I heard this one conversation. Then I stepped into another conversation, and this person said, you know what, I just, I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, Christians are just so, I'm saying, like, are you doing a poll? Have you verified that the people that you're calling Christians, are they really following Christ? Y'all tracking with me? How people can just, all of a sudden, it's like, Man, I just can't believe all oh, these Christians. No, no, no. They're people. They're humans. How I many know humans do some jacked up stuff? Yep. I was talking to my wife the other day. I said, this world's not crazy. It's gone evil. I mean, no, human beings are doing some evil things. Now, because of that, would you sit there and say, well, I'm not going to be called a human anymore? <laughs> now, don't call me a human. I don't know what I want you to call me, but I'll figure it out. Don't call me human because humans are doing some evil stuff. I'm just being real. But for people that follow God, don't, don't call me that because, man, all these Christians are judgmental. They, in, instead of loving people, they hate people. No, no. When you start lumping generalities... That's when it's easy to get off track. And then the third conversation I had with, 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 a, with a friend the other day, he was like, oh, man. You know, he's in a certain industry, and he goes, you know, oh, man. I'm, I told somebody, don't call me a Christian. Call me a believer, okay? Y'all see where I'm tracking with this? And, and you, so call you a believer. Why? Oh, because Christians are judgmental, and, and they're this and that. Okay, so this is where we've got a backup. Everybody say backup. Now, I'm, I'm really trying to communicate this, and it may take me a couple of weeks to do it. Now, I mean, not a couple of weeks from here on, but I'm going to stop, and then we may jump back into it. But 
He said, yeah, call me a believer. I'm like, okay, so what do you believe? Well, I believe in Jesus. Okay, so, so, so you got people are looking at what media is saying and what the world is saying and identifying themselves because they don't want to get caught up in something, y'all tracking with me, of a negative connotation. And this is where, if we're not careful, we will lose our identity of who we are and who we're supposed to be in this world. So let's back up as we talk about, uh, number one, I want to talk about the church, and I want to talk about that, that term Christian. So bear with me, but we got scripture. I don't know if the screens are working or if they're out or anything like that, but Matthew chapter 16. I'll start there, and this is where I'm just kind of backing up, setting the scene, and I'm going to go through this, and then I'm going to tell you a, a, a true experience that I've had with uh, my Egyptian neighbor, okay? Don't let me walk out of here without sharing with you about my conversation with my Egyptian neighbor. So Matthew chapter 16 says this, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Verse 14, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Okay? He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now, I love that because they called out what other people were saying about Jesus. And I mean, no, Jesus wasn't interested in what other people were saying. He said, you guys have been following with me. Who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, everybody say Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. I'm going to say that one more time. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, Peter said, thou art the Christ. You are Jesus the Christ. And, and Jesus marveled because he said, no flesh and blood. You didn't, you didn't go to man to get this revelation. You didn't go, let me break it down. You didn't go to the media to get this answer. God revealed it to you. And he said, upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church. He said, I will build my church. Now, when I get around you know, other pastors and, and, and we're talking about church and things like that, one of the things God really impressed in me a while back, years ago, is that, that he never really instructed man or gave man the responsibility. He didn't look at man and say, you build my church. You build my church. He didn't look at a woman and say, you build my church. He told his disciples, I will build my church. So when I hear this, this generality thrown out there, and, and, you know, I don't know if this is a word for you or not, but this is something I think we can all think about as we move forward with Christ. When I hear this generality, now I do believe that that people have experienced church hurt. Had it ever happened to anybody before? People have experienced that from the church. But, but here's, here's the deal. My, my 
proposal to you. When that happens, was that the church that Jesus built? I will build my church? Or was that a church that could have been, been built by man and an organization that's filled with imperfect people that hurt you? Y'all tracking with me? This whole generalization where the church is judging people. Whose church? Because if it's the church that Jesus built that follows him, how I many know that church is not judging people? If it's the true church that Jesus said, I will build my church. And how I many you know he's not talking about a building or a religion? He's not talking about some denomination. He's not talking... He's talking about, I will build my church. People, we are the church. So I will build my church. And, and, and here's a kicker. If we ever, if we ever, Rick, if we ever get off course and try to figure out what is the purpose of the church. Y'all, let me show you what the purpose of the church is. How many know the only thing that's going to heaven are souls? Do you think Jesus is empowering us to capture as much stuff as we can? Huh? Do you think he's empowering us to, to gain enough money as we can? Now, if, it's to, if anything, if we gain stuff or money or whatever or blessing, it's to go about fulfilling his purpose, and that's reaching souls for the kingdom. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against it, okay? Anybody ever pull up to a gate in your car and it didn't open up? You ever get frustrated? Who's going to open the gate? Who's going to open this gate? This inanimate object, right? Now, you're in your car, and don't look at me like you've never had this thought. I wonder, can I just plow through this gate and not mess up my car? Let me, because I really got to get to where I'm going. Then you're looking at any cops around, any cameras around. But the thing is, this gate is an inanimate object. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Okay? What does that mean? How I many gates aren't jumping out at you? They're not making an offensive move towards you. A gate is an entrance into some place. It's not coming at you, David. It's not attacking you. But Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. So what picture does that paint in your mind? Anybody? If you are the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you, are you on the offense or defense? Come on, it's, it's football season. We're on the offense side, meaning we're going to plow into the gates of hell because we're going after lost souls, people that are in darkness, people that need help, amen, people that are down and out, people who the enemy feels like he's got them cornered. We're going to plow through the gates of hell. They're not going to prevail against us. They're not going to stop us. If the church ever gets off track with its assignment, your assignment is to go into the dark places. It's to, it's to go into the kingdom of darkness and be a light. 
Jesus said, my church that I build, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Everybody say, I'm the church. That's a true statement. We are the church of Jesus Christ. It's not a building, not a denomination. It's not a, it's not a religion. It's not man's organization. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, go to Acts chapter 11. I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this to just kind of lay some groundwork here. Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Uh, this is where we hear the first term, Christian. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Whoa. Y'all didn't know we lived in a spiritual area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a, so it was that for a whole year, if I say whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Christians, meaning Christ followers. And I would propose to us today, there could be some people that, are, that, are, that want to bear that title, but are not really following Christ. Listen, if we're really following Christ, we are denying ourselves, amen? We're taking up our cross. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but we are approaching people as Jesus would approach people. If we're true Christians and following Christ, that's why I get so irritated when I hear that term thrown out there in generalities and people just start saying, oh, all those Christians, man, they're judgmental. Okay, have you talked to them? Do, have you verified? Are you the Christian verifier? <laughs> you the fact checker for Christianity? And people just throw that out there. And if we're not careful, true Christians kind of bite into that. Well, I don't want to be identified because, oh, yeah, those Christians, no, 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 wait. Have you, you talked to, do they really follow Christ? Have they laid their life down? Are they treating people like Jesus would treat people? Are they truly following Christ? John 15, y'all still tracking with me? John 15, verse 18. This is Jesus, once again, guys. This is where we got to not let the world. I get, you know, I've just, I've just been, those conversations, and in, 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 well, I don't want to be called a Christian. Just call me a believer. It's like, you got to address that. Because the enemy, here's the job of the enemy, to have you so confused, <laughs> you don't know who you are in Christ. Because if we're truly following Christ, Here's the reality. I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're not. You want to make everybody happy? Go sell ice cream. You're truly following Christ. But how many of us have been almost hindered in, in, in stepping out in boldness in our faith because Oh, man, the world's going to think we're, I'm one of those judgmental Christians because I don't agree with that. 
No, this is where I can disagree with you and still love you. Now, I can't control how you respond to me. But if I've really got the love of Christ, I can disagree with your lifestyle. I can disagree with your choices, your habits. But I can still love you and we can still go out and have some tacos together. Come on. Y'all know I got tacos on my mind. Rick, Rick introduced me to a new spot. So, so you know, you can, you, we, we can disagree on many things and I can still go out and eat with you. I mean, oh, that's Christianity. That's following Christ. But when I start judging you and cutting myself off from you because we don't think the same way or we have disagreements about certain topics, that's when we fall into the trap of, this in, of the enemy in this world. And if we think God's called us to make everybody like us, we are mistaken. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 15. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. I used to say this. You know what? You, you really know you're on a track of really being one of Christ's disciples and followers and a Christian when you hit moments where people don't like you. You don't hear that preached a lot. <laughs> you don't. But Jesus said, I didn't say it, Jesus said it. He's letting us know. Listen, you're on the right track when this world hates you and the world doesn't agree with you. And the world wants to label you as one of those Christians that are judgmental and this and that. No, you know what? You, you can't label me, baby. God's already labeled me. I don't live my life according to how you label me. I live my life according to how Jesus Christ has labeled me as one of his followers. Listen, don't get off track. I've been talking to People that have been Christians for a while and they're, they're having this language. Don't call me a Christian. Like, like that's a bad word. Like that's a bad term. It's not. Jesus said this once again. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. I mean, no, it's coming. It's, it's, don't, don't get all sidetracked. You're on the right path. You're on the right track. When things happen and blindside you or, or people just, you know, uh, attack you for no reason. Maybe somebody on the job is trying to trying to get you done in or whatever that is. But it's like, you know what? Don't let that stop you from living the life that Christ is calling you to live. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that I build. And so many times we hear, you know, come to Jesus and your life will be perfect. You may have heard that? (laughs) And the moment you come to God, everything's going to be all right. I mean, you know, that's almost like the opposite. <laughs> Let's be real. If, if we're selling Jesus to people based on this is, the, this is the route for your life to be better, who doesn't want their life to be better? Who doesn't want 
to have blessings. We can't, we can't sell Jesus to people based on what they already want, human nature. Can I really be real with y'all? I'd be real with you, listen. We can't sell Jesus or God based on you come to God, he's going to make you rich. He's going to solve all your problems. Come to God and you will be blessed and highly favored. Who doesn't want those things? That's in our human nature. We want all those things. But what happens when we sell Jesus based on that and people accept him and then none of that happens, then we've set them up for failure. But the real life that Jesus wants us to live, listen, guys, it's denying ourselves. It's saying no to a bunch of stuff. And it's saying yes to his will for our lives. And there's going to be times where God calls you to do something. Your own family, even your own family may not like you for doing that. Anybody ever been there? That's a painful thing. You love Jesus more than your own family. You've turned your back on us because you're following God. These are moments where we've got to make sure that we know who we are in Christ. And we're not getting off track. We're not, we're not dictating uh, who we are based on the world's opinion or social media opinion. That'll, that'll have you jacked up. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. First Peter, y'all still with me? I know I'm sharing a lot of scripture, but hopefully you're, you're taking notes, you're writing this stuff down. Go home and get into this because I believe, once again, that one, Christianity is under attack and it, according to Jesus, it's going to be under attack. The world's going to be mad at us. But it doesn't mean we've got to change who we are because we don't want to offend anybody. When I hear people say, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to be called a Christian. Call me a believer. What do you say? You don't want to offend somebody? You're trying to get on the right side of something, and there is no right side. I don't want to be called. I don't know, man. This is the Christians. They've just disappointed me. So you've taken a poll. You, you went to every Christian and, and asked them the questions, and you've taken this poll. I get so irritated. No, no, no poll taker or census taker has ever come to my house and asked me my opinion. So where do they come up with this stuff? You ever think about that? Where do they come up with? 68 of Christians, 68% of Christians uh, don't, don't like this or they do this or they judge this. So, so no, y'all keep missing me on these polls? Where do they come up with these numbers? This is where we can't, we can't get involved in that, guys. We got to stay focused on what Christ has called us to do. Now, I'm going to wrap it up with this, and then I'm going to close with my story. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. This is Jesus. When we're in this world, guys, and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's, it's one of those things that my kids can uh, testify to, and it's like trying to keep our minds free from the influence of media. Now, I mean, that's a hard thing. You got to stay on top of that. You got to stay on top of that. Do that with our kids. We've, uh, 
uh, starting to put rules in place. I do that with myself. It's like I'm not going to sit there and be scrolling through and, and media and letting all this stuff just soak into my mind. You, we, we've got to stay on top of that. And I believe with all my heart, as we set ourselves to really follow Christ, uh, we're going to be in some moments and seasons to where, as a Christian, you may feel like you're under attack. You may, if you ever have that thought, well, I don't want people to know I'm a Christian, that's, that's where you, that's a wake up for you. It's like, oh, I, some, something has gotten me off track. I put too much attention into what the media is saying and this is saying, or I've, I've even bought into that lie. Yeah, I mean, these Christians are just so judgmental. And it's like, I've not taken a poll. I've not verified somebody's Christianity. How many know that's not my job? So I'm not going to be making these general statements as well. I'm just going to focus on God. Here I am. I am a Christian. I follow you. Please keep me on track. No matter what happens around me. And Jesus goes to tell us, guys, there's going to be some things that happen to us as Christ followers, as, as Christian people, those that, that follow after Christ, but don't get off track. First Peter 4, uh, chapter, uh, verse 12, he says, Beloved, do not be amazed or bewildered at the fiery ordeal which has taken place to test your quality. Everybody say quality. As though something strange, unusual, or alien to you and your position were befalling you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that when his glory, full of radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may also rejoice with triumph. Verse 14. If you are censored and suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. Are you happy, fortunate, to be envied with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward condition. Because the spirit of glory, the spirit of God, is resting upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a... Now, this is where we, our lifestyle, our choices. This is where we follow Christ. If you were following Christ... With a pure heart, not perfection. I mean, no, nobody's perfect. But when you're following with a pure heart, you're, you're talking to God. You're, you're in communion with Jesus, and you're, you're listening to his voice. You're listening to his direction, and you're trying with everything you got to follow after him as one of his disciples. And abuse happens to you, or people... Um, Talk bad about your label. You're just one of those Christians. And yeah, or if people ever call, has anybody ever called you judgmental because you, you didn't believe a certain, okay, that's okay. That's okay. Jesus said it's going to happen. He says you're sharing a part of Christ's suffering. And if, you're, if you are censored, I mean, some people don't want to hear your opinion because you're a Christian. That's all right. When you need me, I'm going to be here. You ever, you ever have somebody come full circle? They didn't want to hear what you had to say until so they start going through hell themselves. <laughs> and then, oh, you know, hey, Lisa, can you talk to me again about what? <laughs> it's going to go full circle. It says when you're censored and you suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, because you are a Christian. 
That's okay. You are blessed. You are blessed. You see, that's a lot different than me saying, hey, come to Jesus, and he's going to make your life right. He's going to bless you. You're going you're gonna to prosper. How I many know that's a lot different? But he calls us blessed when we suffer because we bear the name of Christ. And that's why I got to the point, David, it's like I've, I've heard this too much from people say, don't call me a Christian. Don't, I don't want to bear that name. You see how the enemy will take us off course? We forget who we really are. I don't want to be this fanatic. Isn't it funny how people can be fanatics about everything else? This is a season where they're filling up football stadiums. People go crazy out of their mind, rooting for people who don't even know their first name. But we get labeled the Jesus fanatic with the simplest little, hey, can we pray before we eat? <laughs> you know? Y'all still love me? Yeah. Just helping anybody? Okay. I didn't want to preach it. I thought maybe God, but I'm like, God put it heavy on my heart. I'm going to share it with you guys as well. But if we're following Christ, we're bearing the name of Christ, we're doing everything we can to really be on that path to be a Christ follower. Meaning, I'm not just saying I'm a Christian and living like the devil. Uh-oh. Amen or ouch. I'm not saying I'm a Christian and, and never spending time with God. I'm not saying I'm a Christian, but I don't read the Bible. I'm not saying I'm a Christian because I was, I was brought up in the church, but I've gotten away from the church. But, you know, that's my background. I'm a Christian. No, I'm really committed to this walk. So when things come against me, it's okay. Jesus said, that, that, I'm, you're blessed. That's what's supposed to happen. But verse 15, but let none of you suffer, <laughs> watch now, as a murderer. Now, you can't be, I'm a Christian, but I kill people. That's what the Bible says. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief. I love Jesus. I'm a Christ follower, but I will steal from you any moment I can. That's what, I didn't say that, that's what Jesus said. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal or as a mischief maker. Check this part out. A meddler in the affairs of others infringing on their rights. Uh-oh, that's a big one right there. That's a big one right there. That's where we overstep and we forget that we're called to be Christians and love people. See, I don't get caught up in this, this, this whole right thing because there's no winning side to it. When you start infringing upon people's rights or you start, you start I mean, you know, there's going to be all kind of issues that this world does not agree on, yeah. that people don't agree on. But when you start infringing on people's rights, people have a right to live however they want to live. When you start infringing upon that and you start telling people, well, that's wrong. You're going to hell over that. 
How many know you're not going to reach that person? You're just not. You know where I believe if Jesus were walking this earth today, if he came into most churches, Don, today, we'd have to, we'd have to acclimate him to our church services. I really feel like we would. We'd have to say, okay, Jesus, this is why we do this. This is the time we're going to do that. Like, we'd have to really acclimate him to church service today. I really feel that way. You're walking here today. You know, if he was on this earth in physical form, you know who he'd be hanging out with? He'd be over, he'd be, he'd be across the street at the bus stop. That's where he would be. Why? Because he said, I came for those that need a physician. So if Jesus would be over there, and if we follow Christ, where should we be? Over there as well. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go camp out at the bus stop once we dismiss service. But y'all get the picture of what I'm trying to say. Where would he be? Let me keep on, and I'm going to close. But if one of you is ill-treated and suffers as a Christian, as a Christian, which he is contemptuously called, meaning showing or expressing contempt or disdain or scornful or disrespectful, and people think about this, man, I don't know where it came from, but this well, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, man, those Christians, are, they're judgmental, they're this or that, and, and this is where we can't, I didn't take the poll. You didn't take the poll. But Jesus is still saying here, as a Christian, as a follower of mine, let him not be ashamed, but give glory to God that he is deemed worthy to suffer in this name. Does this help anybody today? Yeah. It, it's helping me. Listen, I'm serious. This is, this is what God's called us to. This is, this is, you know, this is, I don't want to say it's new for me, but I'm just, those that know me and know my, my, just my history of even preaching, I'm preaching different messages that I am. You, it's something new that God's doing in me because I want to spend the, the next stint of my ministry really trying to go back and find, okay, when Jesus said, I will build my church, I want to be a part of that church. That's the, church I'm, that's the church I want to be a part of. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning that's a church that's on the offense, that is going beyond the four walls, that are outreaching people. He said the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning nothing will keep us from going across the street. You can judge me all you want, and, and if I were really to be honest, <laughs> not that I've been lying to you guys the whole time I'm up here, but, you know, a lot of times people that do the most, the, the most critical talking are those that bear the title of Christian. You remember when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house and he said, hey, I got to go have, I'm coming to your house today, we're going to hang out. Now, the church folk were standing there talking. Why is he going to hang out with the sinners? 
Who's he think he is? That's a sinful man. Why is he going over there? And just because you're in church doesn't make you a Christian. See, we got to really recapture that. We got to redeem that name. Like, really, what does that mean? To be a Christian is a Christ follower. You are following Christ. You are, you are denying yourself. You're taking up your cross. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Peter said, thou art the Christ. And you follow him. Amen? Now, let me close with this, and I'll tie it all in together. And, and I've just been on this. And I don't know what God's going to do with, with this, but I, I hope we all walk out of here today with just a different perspective and really go home and ask God, God, what does that truly mean for me uh, to be this Christian? And, and, and you know, we're in, a, we're in a, a, a season where you've heard people are deconstructing their faith. Anybody ever heard that? Where you go through, you deconstruct your faith. Now, I, don't mind, I don't mind deconstructing. I think every now and then we can, we can, we can go to truth and let truth reflect, and we can go on that. But if you're like me, if, if, if you're going to deconstruct, you better have a plan to construct, reconstruct it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can take things apart, David, but I've got my limit. If you're like me, when you're taking things apart, I mean, you're taking pictures, and you're putting stuff, and you're labeling stuff, but you reach a point where you know, if I go beyond this point, I'm not going to be able to put it back together. You just know that. And you're trying to do it on your own. You, I, I, just, I, I know my limitation. And when I get to a point I can't put it back together, I pick up my phone and I call Joseph. And Joseph tells me how to put it back together. Don't go through a deconstruct of your faith on your own. But as we're followers of Christ and, and we understand discipleship, get with somebody who can, who can walk you through the process if you want to go on that journey. But, but let me close with this, my first closing, or is this my second? What did I say? Second. So the other day I, got, I had a chance to, uh, I took the kids to the pool and uh, one of our neighbors was up there with his kids and, and they're from Egypt. They're from Egypt. And uh, I've been to their house before uh, for a birthday party for their little son. I think he was five years old. And uh, the most beautiful, welcoming people. Uh, they love God. They're Christians. And uh, came into the house. And they're just, I don't know if you've ever fellowship with Egyptians, but they, they want to feed you everything. And, and they're just like, come on in. Just our house, your house. And there's food there. And I mean, no, when I go into your house and you say there's food there, I'm, you know where I'm at. So, so we're at the birthday party and celebrating their son. So I didn't, I, I didn't get a lot of time to really sit down and talk to them. But I was at the pool a couple weeks ago with my kids. And he was there with his son. And we sat there for about an hour talking. And it, even talking, I, I almost got convicted. I think I did fall under conviction. Because you know what? I think when you get a fresh perspective of what it, what it means to really stand for Christ in the midst of persecution. See, we live in America. We think we've been persecuted as Christians. Honey, we don't even have a clue. Think somebody calling you a name is persecution? You better get over that. You, come on. 
Think somebody looking at you funny because you're Christian is persecution? No. Come on, let's grow up. But I sat there and talked with him for about an hour. And he was talking about the real persecution that goes on in Egypt. And I'll never forget, he, he, he rolled up his sleeve and he said, you see this, this mark here, this tattoo? Showed me a mark on his wrist, a tattoo that Christians get in Egypt. He said, we're not forced to get this. He said, but my wife has it, my children have it. Because we want people to know we're Christians. He said, this mark in Egypt keeps us from the best jobs. Keeps my kids from the best schools and opportunity. He said, people talk about us and look down on us. He said, but we don't, we don't deny that we're Christians. He said, I've been passed over for promotions and, and financial blessings because I bear the mark. He said, but that's okay. I want people to know I'm a Christian. I follow Christ. He said, I will not deny. He, and he said this, not speaking calmly, but with passion. He said, we don't, we don't deny Christ. He said, even if it costs us everything. He said, I raised my kids to know we don't deny. And he said, all of them have this tattoo, this marking. So they never forget who they are, and who they follow. He said, we've had so much taken away from us because we bear the mark and people treat us bad. He said, that's okay. He said, none of that will ever make me deny that I'm a Christian. See, that's from a different perspective. You've got people here that, I, that I've known for years. I don't want to be called a Christian. Why? Because they're caught up in this stuff. They don't have no idea what persecution is. But you know, I believe... This is just my belief. You don't have to believe that. I believe that Jesus is coming back for people that have had to make that stand in their life. I'm a Christian. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to follow Christ. And he said that with such a conviction, Don, such a, such a holy conviction. goes back to Egypt about once or twice a year. He said, I know what I'm going back to. He said, I still have family over there. He said, but when I go back, he said, I run into people all the time that have wronged me because I'm a Christian. He said, I don't hate them. He said, what they do is up to them. He said, but who I stand for is up to me. I believe God wants us all to have that tenacity. That man taught me something, Lisa, in that one-hour conversation. I don't believe we've faced that kind of persecution, but I believe we will one day. I don't know when that day will come, Patrick, when somebody's going to say either you denounce Christ or you're fired. 
I, I don't know. I, I believe that's coming. I believe Jesus is coming back for a church that is totally dependent upon him. What will you do if it's in this lifetime when they say denounce Christ or we're going to kill you? See, we, we've never been faced with that stuff, but there are people that are. There's Christians that are dying overseas that are faced with that. It just happens. Pastor, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I'm just determined that I'm not going to let the world dictate or confuse me of who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I don't care what statistic the world or media is throwing out there. You're not going to hear this person, regardless of my title or whatever, you're not going to hear me say, no, I don't, man, don't call me a Christian because I know what people think about Christians. Well, you know what? Jesus told us what people are going to think about Christians. I want to be in that bunch because that's close to the church that he built. Last thing he told me, he said, he said, I teach my kids. He said, because I don't know how long I'll be here. He said, but I want my kids. I don't, I don't know how long it'll be before Jesus comes back. He said, but I'm doing everything I can so that they know you're a Christian. And we don't deny Christ. We don't deny Christ. Let's be bold for God, amen? Let's walk out of here today really asking God, God, show me more and more every day of what my life is supposed to be like. Amen. This help anybody. It helped me. Come on. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.